Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. But this should have been done four months ago, and that's what the president's been saying for the last four months. But we were obstructed in the Senate by the Democrats, who were playing presidential politics the first time uh, in November, and now they're playing senatorial politics before the January 5th election. So I'm delighted to support the president in this 2000. Uh, it's really a $1,400 increment over what we've already done. And I think with the vaccine coming, I think this is absolutely appropriate. So I fully support what the president is doing right now. Happens to be one of the single most important people in this country at this particular moment in time. That is one Senator David Perdue of Georgia, who a week from today is one of two Republican senators for Georgia up for re-election in the most important runoff elections in U.S. Senate history. And we have a lot more from Mr. Perdue. We have a lot more from even the Asoff, as he ended up striking again over the past day with some of his commentary. And the bottom line is this. A week from today, it is that important in Georgia. But it's not just about what happens next Tuesday in Georgia. And it's not just about what takes place a week from tomorrow on Wednesday when you have Congress convening to make a decision on the next president of the United States. And actually, is all of us right now, everywhere, deciding what it is that we intend to do to ensure that we have election integrity. If you have ever attended a Trump rally, what I'm going to share with you tonight is meant for you. If you've ever thought about attending a Trump rally, just never got around to it. What I've got for you tonight, it's something that you'll be able to act on. And it'll be more important, actually, probably less entertaining than a Trump rally, but it'll be probably more important than attending a Trump rally. See, the thing is, and it's a bit cliche, but it's real. You know, all these people in government, they do actually work for us. Doesn't often feel that way, but they do. And so we're now in the mode where we need to control what we can control. And that starts with our next elections in Georgia next Tuesday. But it starts with election systems in every municipality, in every county, in every state across this country. And that's where you come in. It is Brian Mudd, and I host the Morning Rush WJNO in West Palm Beach, the Brian Mudd Show, WIOD in Miami. Always an honor and a pleasure to be here with you. You may follow me on Twitter, at Brian Mudd Radio, and now also on Parlor, working with Mr. Producer, be uh, before the show to get up and going on Parlor. So you may find me at Brian Mudd Radio on Parlor now as well. And what I have for you tonight is a roadmap. Very substantive details on what you can do 
to control what you can control, to make a difference, not to go online and, and engage in a bunch of conspiracy theories that don't lead anywhere ultimately and won't change the outcome of anything, even if you feel righteous in the process. Now, it's time to take your government back, and not in the cliche way, but in a very real way, because we have the best opportunity to control elections that are in our own backyard. And that's actually where these problems are. I want you to think for a moment. Where are the problems, as we're talking about Georgia and these critical Senate elections, where are the problems? Atlanta, right? That's Fulton County. Okay, Fulton County. That's a county. Then you take a look at the city of Atlanta. That's a city, right? You take a look at the problems, parts of Pennsylvania. We're largely talking about in Philadelphia, right? And so you begin to, you got Allegheny County as well. You begin to get down to cities and counties, right? We can make more of a difference than we realize. So that's the point here. Last night, I laid out in these two shows, I've really intended to be kind of a part one and part two. Last night, I laid out, and I encourage you to go to the Mark Levin Show podcast from last night and, and get that particular show if you missed it. But I laid out just how abysmal, just how much of an abject of failure our election systems are in the United States of America. And if you're going, oh, come on, you know, that's nonsense. No, it, it actually was evidenced by none other than Harvard University. So the quick recap from last night, if you happen to miss that show, Harvard in their Electoral Integrity Project, they identify the United States of America as having the worst election integrity of any developed country in the world. Yeah, that's right. Harvard, United States, worst election integrity. And where are we overall? 57th. With 20 countries that aren't even free, that have greater election integrity than we do. Pretty messed up, right? And it gets back to the bucket of the most pervasive form of bias in news media being omission. But let's take a look at what we can control. All right, so if we have really flawed election systems, and if we have these really important elections next Tuesday, and then if we have extraordinarily consequential Midterm elections coming up a couple of years from now. Here's one of the important things to realize. The next election cycle has already begun, right? And I'm not just talking about potentially being able to make the case that these Georgia Senate runoff elections are almost part of the next election cycle. I'm talking about laying the groundwork to invoke positive change. If we're going to get new election systems in place in about a third of the country where it's necessary, we got to start today. You got to start right away, and there are things that you can do. How do I know this? Because I've done it. So back in 2018, when you heard about the failures in Broward and Palm Beach County, when you learned the names Susan Booker and Brenda Snipes, there's a reason that they were ousted from office. One by our former governor, now Senator Rick Scott, and our current governor in Florida, Ron DeSantis. And the reason is, a lot of us put a lot of effort into documenting the corruption, the failure, and putting the pieces together in such a way that it could not be ignored. Setting the groundwork for two Republican governors to be able to come into two of the most 
heavy Democrat strongholds in South Florida and replace the election supervisors. And then consequently, consequently, the failed voting systems as well, which incidentally happen to be Sequoia voting systems owned by Dominion, bound to be corrupt. It's not a coincidence. So I'm going to give you that information to be able to get from here to there. And the first part of the plan is this. You got to know your voting system. You got to know what actually takes place in your backyard. And if you don't, don't feel bad. It really is pretty sad that it's important you actually know what voting system is used in your own community. Most of us go and vote. We don't think about uh, who is behind it. But hey, if you want to make a difference, time to get informed. So I don't expect you to remember all these specifics. I'm just going to illustrate a point for a moment. Sequoia voting systems. These are the systems that were programmed by Venezuelans, found to be corrupt by the federal government back in 2006, that were eventually sold off to Dominion in 2010, that are still in use in many states. Okay? Now, these Sequoia voting systems don't go by the brand name Sequoia Voting Systems. Instead, in the recent cycles in which they're operating in 16 states across 300 jurisdictions, they have operated under these different software names. BPS, Win, EDS, Edge, Edge 2, Advantage, Insight, Insight Plus. 400C. Now, again, I don't expect you to remember any of that stuff. If you come across any of those brand names for voting systems, guess what? You've got corruptible crap that is running your election. And that's where we have to begin to make a difference. By becoming informed, rooting out these voting systems, there is no justification for any Sequoia voting system. The single most important thing any of us can do Make sure that what's already been evidenced to be corruptible. This is the voting system where you, for example, have the ability to have votes flip from one candidate to another, where you can put in algorithms that can say, well, you know, a particular vote for a candidate equals a half a vote for them and a half a vote for another candidate. Those types of things. That's all possible within every one of these systems that have been programmed by Sequoia. And going all the way back, to the Venezuelans with Smartmatic, who actually programmed these Sequoia voting systems owned by Dominion. Okay, so that is step one. Step two, demand a system which has a paper ballot trail for discreps and for recounts. It is asinine that we would ever have a voting system that is only electronic. What's happened? We've seen this in Georgia. What were they trying to do immediately the election. Well, you were suddenly having like the digital scrapping of the information in these election systems. Why? Because that's the only information that existed. It is insane that anywhere USA, we don't have a paper trail if necessary to go back and to take a look at what really happened. So regardless of if you have one of those Sequoia branded voting systems or not, if your voting system in your community does not have a paper ballot trail, you got to demand a system that does. The third part of the plan, you got to hold local officials accountable to the equipment which is being used. What does this mean? Well, back to the example 
of a Trump rally, for example, what would happen if, say, even a thousand people got together and were at the election supervisor's office and were demanding that you get rid of a Sequoia-branded voting system that going all the way back to 2006 was found by our federal government to be corruptible? Can they necessarily ignore that? Can even your godless souls and slanders local news media ignore that? What happens if you have a local election official who defends it, who is not willing to even have the conversation? Will that not expose them? Will that not also help lead to accountability for that individual, either by voters or perhaps the removal of office by a governor, if there ends up being cause that's found? For them holding on to a corrupted system, for example. Or if they are trying to make excuses as to why there should be a digital-only method, no paper trail for descripts and recounts. Fourth step of the plan, become a poll watcher. Become a worker. Come an observer, whatever it is. You know, a lot of people would talk about what happened at the polls and all the things that went wrong. Well, how about actually working there? How about actually working there? See... When we were working on putting an end to the corruption in Broward and Palm Beach County two years ago, the single most important informant I had in Broward worked there. You can become that person. One person, even inside a county as large as Broward and Florida, can make the difference in being able to put together the pieces, stop corruption in its tracks, get rid of a failed and corrupt election supervisor, to be able to get rid of the corrupted voting system that was being used by the corrupt supervisor, you'd be surprised. Little diligence. Those are the first four. I've got a few more, and we'll elaborate on all of this because pretty much singular focus tonight, making a difference next Tuesday's elections to put transparency on what's going on in Georgia, And for you to have honest and fair elections in your own community two years from now and in every subsequent election. Because that is, at this point, something that we have the ability to control and is that important. Brian Mudd, in for the great one. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month, and you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. 
Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. closing statement is to get out and vote. The future of the country is on the ballot here in Georgia. We're the battleground. We're the firewall for stopping socialism. Yeah, sure enough. Uh, So Senator Kelly Leffler and a week from tonight, one of the most important nights in our country's history, frankly, because there is but a couple of elections that decide whether there would be unfettered access for everything on the leftist agenda or not. One of the problems we've got, given that we know we have problems with election integrity in Georgia, we've got to have as much transparency within the process between now and then. My one hope for what's going to happen in these elections next Tuesday is just that. So much transparency, so much attention, that it's near impossible to be able to attempt to steal the election. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. May follow me at Brian Mudd Radio on Twitter and Parlor. We're talking about election integrity. So last night brought you the breakdown of just how flawed election integrity is. The first thing is, if you have anybody, if it's a politician, if it's somebody in news media, if it's you know some boob you run into on online, whatever, who say, oh, election integrity, there's not an issue. They suck. They suck at life, and they're wrong. So help them not suck at life and not be wrong by studying Harvard's Electoral Integrity Project. Because that's all you need. Harvard, where they showed that the United States of America has the poorest election integrity in the developed world. And we are 57th overall, passed by 20 countries that aren't even free, which gives you an idea about how remarkably awful election integrity is in this country. So it's not a question as to if we have a problem. Now, the difference is when we are met with failure and where we see problems, I am not wired to go, well, that sure sucks. Hope somehow or another it all works out. So what's the answer? Controlling what we can control. So it's always been true that every election has a consequence. And it's also true That more often than not, it's the elections closest to us in geography that have the biggest impact on our daily life. Those election officials in our communities, the people who have the software and the systems that are in place running our elections. You realize how important that is here. That's what we're talking about tonight. Be right back and get to the phones as well. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. 
Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. This is the Octagon of Talk Radio, The Mike Levin Show. Call him now at 877-381-3811. So this is a, an aggressive, aggressive liberal plan that's so dangerous. Um, that's what we're fighting against here. This is the last line of defense. That is Georgia Senator David Perdue, and it is the last line of defense. So in the here and now in Georgia... Critically important, obviously, that you vote if you're in Georgia. Secondarily, that you have as much transparency in the process as possible. And we're talking about election integrity. Last night, I ended up breaking down for you just how horrible election integrity truly is in this country. About how the only thing that's baseless regarding the media and the left's claims that any misfeasance is baseless. The only thing that's baseless is the media is reporting those politicians because it's evidenced, again, by Harvard's Electoral Integrity Project. It's not a question as to if we have serious election issues in this country. The question is, what do you want to do about it? And to that end, just got this note and a listener emailed me saying, how do you suppose, by the way, Brian Mudd, uh, and you may follow me at Brian Mudd Radio on Twitter and on Parler. But uh, listen, how do you suppose we change election laws and change the machines that are actually used in the voting process when all the courts and the greatest court in the land would not take a case and there's lawlessness in this country and there's no way you can win, specifically when you've already given up? Well, I'm telling you. And again, I understand that some people will come on and say stuff or whatever. I'm not just telling you a roadmap as part of the plan I'm putting it in front of you tonight from somebody who has some ideas that maybe something will stick. I come to you talking as somebody who is involved in the ousting of Brenda Snipes and Susan Booker in Broward and Palm Beach counties in Florida two years ago. Somebody who got rid of the Sequoia voting systems owned by Dominion two years ago. Now, if you are wondering about the credibility of what I'm talking about, look up. Look up the stories from back in that time. You can look up my work as I documented every single day. It was all part of the investigation as presented to the state. All the laws that were broken by Susan Booker and Brenda Snipes. You go back and find my stories. There are numerous ones a couple years ago around this window of time. And you can also go back and see the voting systems we got replaced down here. Now, the question is, do you want to do it or do you want to play the victim? And when you talk about giving up, I suppose that what he's referring to is I've talked to him last night. We got into this whole situation about what can happen a week from tomorrow. 
and the idea that somehow or another you're going to have the Electoral College rejected by the House and the 12th Amendment and all this stuff, that's not in your control right now anyway. But I can tell you this much. If you want integrity in your elections, you have a far better chance of making a difference in your own community than you do in Washington, D.C., one. Two, you better get working right now. Because if you're going to have new election processes in place, it has to begin pretty darn quickly, or we're already at the midterm elections. Okay, so this is working parallel paths. This is controlling what we can control. And when you talk about how do you suppose we change election laws, you don't necessarily need election laws change. There are areas for reform. I'm not suggesting otherwise. But these elections and most of the laws that govern them take place in your own state. And are implemented according to whatever the state's guidance is at the local level. So it's not a situation that, again, is beyond your control. The question is, what are you doing? How are you getting informed? And again, playing games with conspiracy theories online, not going to help anything. Actually identifying whether or not you have a valid voting system in your community. Understanding that if you have a voting system that doesn't have a paper ballot trail, You've got a pile of pool on your hands that's running your elections. Understanding that local officials make the decision about the election equipment that's used. And that if you and, say, a thousand of your friends got together, especially during this slow time, what is most local news media doing right now? They, they sit there and you got the B team that's in and they're trying to figure out you know, some kind of lame story to run. A lot of it is, hey, here's all the bad stuff that happened during 2020. <laughs> Right? That's a lot of what goes on right now. Imagine if you and a thousand friends showed up at your election supervisor's office with information if you have an election system that needs to go, and you demanded answers as to why they're operating if you have a failed system like one of the Sequoia systems owned by Dominion. If you have a system that lacks a paper ballot trail, imagine, uh, you know, even those local news media types probably would not be able to avoid that. Plus, Help them get a story other than just some yuckety yuck. Hey, it's the end of the year kind of thing. You also have to know how to play the game. Now, that goes hand in hand to my fifth takeaway for the plan. Know the laws governing poll watching before you arrive. Have a plan. We're going to get into the rest of them. But the the answer is you get informed and you get engaged. Now, it's kind of like, and I mean no disrespect, not at all, about Trump rallies or about church. You go inside a church, it's uplifting, it's important, there's a lot of good that can happen there. But are you generally working on new converts when you're inside a church? Or do you have to go to the people who don't go to church if you're trying to bring people to faith? Okay? So the cool thing about Trump rallies is, hey, pretty amazing experience, right? The question is, In terms of your time in action, what else can you be doing to make a tangible difference? I'm telling you right now, getting informed about your local election systems, holding local officials accountable, realizing that turnout tends to be really low in local-only elections as it is, these are all things that make a difference. Again, we've got a lot more that we're going to discuss on this particular topic, but let's go to the phones. Uh, Angie in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Go. Go. Hi there, Brian. I think you're doing a great job. Appreciate it. Listen, um, my my. First of all, I just want to say I just think this whole thing—it's treason. 
it's blatant treason right in front of our eyes. And there's, I just feel hopeless because there's nothing that's being done about it. And when you only have, when, when you have 133 million registered voters, voters in the United States, and Donald Trump won, what, 74 million at the least, that only leaves 51 million left. How did Biden get 81 million? Where are these other voters? They're not legal votes. So those 21 million votes, 22 million votes, are canceling out 22 million legal votes. Potentially. Potentially. And I hear your frustration. And that's why it's important right now to understand what it is we can do. You know, you you go through all the different phases of the healing process, right? And the the deal is, if you wait too long and you're pinning all your hopes that somehow or another, coming out of next Wednesday, a week from tomorrow, Donald Trump is still going to be president of the United States, what you're actually doing is wasting time. Because let's say, if by something that would be bigger than a minor miracle, you have a Democrat-controlled House of Representatives that actually would reject the results of the Electoral College to bring in a contested election, whereby any other outcome than Joe Biden becoming president of the United States happens. In that situation, even if that happened, guess what? We still got a problem with these elections, right? So what are you going to do? And when does that start? And if you want to make a difference, start as soon as you can. Get informed. Get engaged. Hold local election officials accountable. Don't have a Trump rally anymore? Have an election integrity rally in your own community. The election supervisor's office. Again, get informed before you do that. Make sure there's actually a need. You don't want to be running off the good people. But about 32% of the country is operating with crap for software. That needs to change just like it needed to change here. And look, part of this, I, I'm talking to you not only because Wart's in South Florida and make this happen a couple of years ago, but also because I realized, well, shoot, we could have fixed things a lot sooner if I had gotten engaged in a much bigger way. We had problems going all the way back to 2000 in South Florida, right? Well, it took through the 2018 cycle to fix it. And then what happened? Well, we had these smoothest elections Not just in the history of our state, but when you account for population, probably the smoothest elections ever run in the United States in Florida this cycle. It's amazing what happens when you have the right people in the right places and you don't have corrupt voting systems in place. Let's go to Beth in Wichita, Kansas. Beth, go. Hello. Thanks so much for uh, everything you do and for speaking our voices. Thank you. Um, My concern is... For example, in this last election, there was all kinds of affidavits of people saying that there was fraud and and problems with uh, election integrity. Um, And the Democrats were also chasing the Republican poll washers away and running them out. How do we how do we change that? You nailed it. Okay, and so this is why it's important to act now. You're exactly right, and it is a shame. And I hope that what happened by nothing ultimately happening because courts decided they weren't going to end up hearing these individuals in the evidence in a meaningful way, 
I hope people don't just give up, but instead understand that we got to be proactive on the front end. There's one thing that I'm quite frustrated with in terms of an overall strategy that was even enacted by the president's team. We shouldn't be surprised that you have potential corruption in cities like Atlanta, Philadelphia, Detroit, insert others here. There's a history of it. I talked a little bit about just some of what took place in the six contested states over the past decade last night. It's not a question as to if there's been election fraud that's taken place within all of those aforementioned places and others. It's all there, successfully and criminally prosecuted, even over the past 10 years. If we didn't have criminal election activity this time around, it would be the first election in the past decade where that's been the case. So the only question is who, what, where, and and exactly what it went down. My point is we need to be proactive. Okay, so when I talk about what happened in South Florida, there wasn't a single election that changed as a result of the investigation and the ousting of Brenda Snipes and Susan Booker and the eradication of Sequoia voting systems. Now, one day I might write a book about the entire story as to what happened. That will be for a different time because, in part, need to make sure that we have all of our systems in place and the ability to continue election integrity with the, the, the folks that are in place. But simply put, being proactive is the key. That's why right now makes a difference. That's why it's not time to lick wounds and go, holy cow, you know, this election was stolen from Trump. I guess we just give up. No, the question is, what are we going to do to see to it that it doesn't ever happen again and not on our watch? That's where you got to get engaged on the front end. It's all part of the roadmap that I'm laying out. Uh, Let's go to Lynn in Philly. Lynn, go. Hi. uh, Thank you for addressing this subject. Um, I've been working on this issue since 2000. Thank you. Um, Yes. And uh, basically at that time, we felt that it was stolen from Gore. And now, you know, sort of very ironically, but in a way, hopefully, it's uh, impacted the GOP this time. And so now everyone should be concerned and really aware of of the issue of transparency or our completely non-transparent voting process. So one area I did want to disagree with you on is in our world of election integrity, there is no such thing as a good voting machine. They are all extremely vulnerable to manipulation. And even with the paper ballots, um, that, generally speaking, you only get a recount if the election is close. So that just tells somebody who is either rigging the election on the inside or hacking it from the outside to steal it by enough that that, um, that recount isn't triggered. So really, um, for the election integrity people, both on the left and the right, we all agree the machines have got to go. I, uh, I hear you. I understand. I really don't think we're disagreeing on much. What I operate on when we talk about systems that are failed, and I understand your concerns with any electronic system, there are certainly valid arguments that can be made. One thing that I do is I operate within the knowns. So is there the potential that any electronic voting system might be tampered with? In theory, yes, right? If you did have a hacker get a hold of it. What we don't have hard evidence of 
many voting systems with the paper trail that are corruptible. I've used Florida as an example because, again, what trying to get accomplished is what we ended up accomplishing a couple of years ago with eradicating these corrupt Sequoia voting systems owned by Dominion, programmed by Venezuelans, and also failed election supervisors that were protecting the failed process that was corruptible. So the the issue is provable with these Sequoia systems. That's why I want to start there. And my point is, once we start with the knowns, and we've known these Sequoia systems are failed going all the way back to the United States government's findings, the federal government's findings back in 2006. It's not a question. What happened is you end up having a bunch of election supervisors across the country that bought these electronic systems. And then if they were never changed, they're still being used. And that's what's happening in all these states. So anyway, uh, we'll continue this conversation. Brian Mudd in for the great one. Mud Lovin'. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free each month, and you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. No strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for all of us. And for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. and Clyde of corruption in politics. Y'all, how do we wind up with David and Kelly? Rev, how do we wind up with David and Kelly? Hey, say it with me now. Say vote. Say vote. Well, that is the uh, the ass off striking again in Georgia. Man, does he make an ass out of himself and the Rev time and again. And then I like how he gets to a point and he's like, uh, now I don't know what to say. Vote! Can everybody say vote? Hey, gosh. So, if you had an honest and decent news media, which of course you don't, somebody might call the ass off out for actually referring to two sitting United States senators as being comparable to Two people who were responsible for the murder of a minimum of 13 people. I want you to think about how outrageous this is once again with the ass off in Georgia at one of the rallies with the Rev. He made a comparison to Bonnie and Clyde. Two people who aside from knocking off so many different institutions, businesses, were responsible for the murder of at least nine police officers and four others. 
And that's cool. That's allowed to go by. Again, it's just, it's an anecdote. Anyway, we're talking about election integrity and why it's critical that we have transparency in the ass-off election next Tuesday in Georgia, among others, going forward. I'm going to go through all seven of the action steps coming up next. I am Brian Mudd, in for the great one, Mark Levin. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. here. Now, broadcasting from, from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. You just have to listen to Chuck Schumer. Take Georgia, change America. What he means by that is he wants to change the filibuster rule, add two states, Two Democratic states, that'd be four Democratic seats. He wants to stack the Supreme Court and eventually change the way the Electoral College operates. That would allow them to perpetrate the agenda that's in the Democratic platform that was uh, displayed during the presidential election. They want uh, open borders. They want to defund the police. They want illegal immigrants to vote. That happens to be Georgia Senator David Perdue, who inside of 30 seconds... Laid it all out. He nailed it. That's it. That's what, what's on the line. And with his election. That's why it's critical that we have transparency and as much integrity within a flawed situation in Georgia as possible. Critical that we have people that are minding the store and they're doing what they can in addition to voting in Georgia to ensure that the nonsense that played out on election night doesn't happen again. I've received a lot of notes. It's interesting. Brian Mudd, in for the great one, Mark Levin. I host the Morning Rush WJNO in West Palm Beach, the Brian Mudd Show, WIOD in Miami. It's funny because my uh, my wife earlier today was saying, you're especially feisty today. I was like, yeah. And, and she's been familiar with my work. I mean, Lord knows a lot of the things that I've worked on and we've done over the course of time wouldn't have been possible without her support. And a lot of the sacrifices that have been made by her letting me do a lot of the work that that has been done. But it's what's on the line here. I have been working on election integrity for years. I'm in South Florida. Ground zero for what happened in 2000 and the corruption that was playing out in 2018. The information I'm sharing with you isn't in theory. It's what's real. And I'm not speaking as someone who is laying out a plan or ideas that are in theory. I'm telling you how we got rid of two corrupt election supervisors in Broward and Palm Beach County and got rid of the Sequoia voting system owned by Dominion. This is how it's done. And if you want somebody who's going to come on the air and tell you that next Wednesday, Somehow or another, Donald Trump is going to be the the president of the United States of America. I'm not going to be that guy because I operate in reality. And the reality is, unless a Democrat-controlled House of Representatives votes against the Electoral College results, then it's not going to happen. Okay, so and regardless, there's nothing that you're going to do that's going to change what Democrats in the House are going to do at this point. The question is. Do you want to make a difference? 
it's natural. It's human nature. And I'm not mad at you. I'm not frustrated with you, but it is real. It is real. I don't have tolerance for people who want to complain. I have a lot of compassion for people who want to make a difference. And I understand that in the various forms of grieving, you know, you might still be going through it. And you might want to live in some sense of denial. And you might go, well, all hope is lost because I feel like this election was stolen. Or you can realize that we've got two critically important elections coming up next Tuesday. And that all is not lost. Even if Joe Biden is the next president of the United States, we hold these two elections next Tuesday. Republicans hold the Senate. All is not lost. And last night I was using the analogy about the revolution. Did the revolutionaries win every single battle? Did they just have successive victory after successive victory all in a straight line until everything worked out? Or were there many points where the American Revolution was almost lost, but you had people that didn't give up? This election in and of itself isn't the end. Donald Trump, in many ways, was the beginning of the end to the establishment. The question is, do we want to preserve some of the progress that was made? And do we want to do what we can do in our own communities to ensure that we have honest and fair elections and that come two years from now, we have honest midterm elections and we make more progress and lay the groundwork for honest elections going forward? Just like the deep state, all these corrupt actors that laid the groundwork for Trump-Russia collusion, it didn't happen all within a four-year or eight-year administration. These are career public officials that worked in the intelligence agencies at the State Department, the Justice Department. It took a long time to get there. That wasn't going to be undone overnight. Also, getting the solution to having honest elections, not going to happen overnight. But you got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. So I'm going to walk you through, again, steps that you can do. And I've had people that try to say, yeah, but I mean, you're kind of, this isn't real or, you know, it's it's just kind of glossy over. No, I'm telling you right now, you can make a difference if you do what I'm telling you here. The first thing you've got to do is know your voting system. Now, again, there's one system in particular that the federal government, our federal government, going back to 2006, found to be corruptible. And those happen to be Sequoia Systems. But the Sequoia Systems don't say, we're Sequoia Systems now owned by Dominion. They go under the names BPS, Win EDS, Edge, Edge 2, Advantage, Insight, Insight Plus, and 400C. You don't have to remember those right now, but what you do need to figure out is what's operating in your community. And if you have a failed system, something that has been proven to be corruptible, it's indefensible, which is then why you demand a system that at a minimum has a paper ballot trail for descripts and recounts. That's the second step. You hold local officials accountable to the equipment which is being used. Again, if you have something that has been proven to be corruptible, Anywhere USA, and you have local officials that want to defend it, you know you've got a problem on your hands at that point. You also have the opportunity to draw attention to that local official who is responsible for the equipment. Because remember, elections happen at the state and local level. These decisions are made often within the counties. 
themselves with the equipment. Become a poll watcher. I got this note from a, uh, a listener, and it's endemic of a lot of what I've heard so far from people who just want to be frustrated. He said, with you. But there are plenty of good GOP observers. They knew the laws. They were pushed way back. They were pushed out of the buildings. The states don't care. They're all cowards. Sorry, but your argument falls way short. Okay. I think you're wrong. And in fact, I know you're wrong. Because again, I'm not talking to you as somebody who has some theories. I'm talking to you as somebody who has worked to do this. And the question is, do you want to or do you want to complain? That's what's real. Do you want to make a difference or do you want to complain? If you want to make a difference, then listen. Become a worker if necessary. People want to complain about all the corrupt accounting of ballots and whatever else. Or take, well, what if you actually worked there? What if you actually worked at the elections office? And as for the observers, I'm sorry, but I beg to disagree. How many people went in that were well-intentioned, but were surprised when they were met with opposition? That's part of my issue. And I don't blame the people or volunteering to try to make a difference. In a lot of ways, I blame the parties themselves in the county, the GOP in a lot of these different counties. It's not new that there's corruption in Pennsylvania. It's not new that there's corruption in Wisconsin. It's not new that there's corruption in Georgia, in Michigan. It's been prosecuted. Again, go to the Heritage Foundation, their voter uh, fraud database. You'll see everything that's happened. You can search by state, and you can see everything right there. I broke some of this down last night, just in the contested states. It's real. So again, and for those who say there isn't election fraud, you're a liar, and you don't know what the hell you're talking about. We've got prosecuted voter fraud in every single state in the United States of America over the past decade. So you're lying. The only question is where, what, who, how, and how pervasive. So again, do you want to make a difference or do you want to complain? Or do you want to just you know, live in an altered state of reality where you think the Democrats in the House are going to reject Joe Biden as president of the United States next Wednesday? I can't help you there. But I can help you with this. So don't be naive. If you're a poll worker, that's the best of all worlds. If you're an observer, don't go into a hostile environment like Philadelphia and then be surprised when you're met with opposition. I'm sorry. I don't care how informed you are. If that surprised you, you weren't prepared. That's why you got to be proactive. You got to know the possibilities. You've got to be ready. You had all these lawsuits that were filed after the fact, when the votes were already mostly counted. Too late at that point. you got to know these things on the front end. And again, a lot of that comes down to the parties themselves being prepared, which is something else you can do if you have people that failed to have the proper infrastructure in place for these observers in places like Atlanta and Philadelphia. So yeah, that is the fifth part of my plan, is to know the laws governing poll watching, Before you arrive, you have a plan to immediately act if you're confronted with unlawful behavior. Being proactive is key. Having attorneys that are ready to go, that's key. Don't be reactive, be proactive. Sixth part of the plan, you don't leave a post at any of these poll places without a replacement for you. Not until all vote tabulating is completed. How many people 
on election night in Atlanta when you heard water main break went BS. I know I did. I heard that inside of three seconds. I looked at my wife. I said BS. You probably did too, right? They left. (laughs) The poll watchers left. The observers left. The Republicans. Are you serious? Don't do that. You've got to stay there until the vote tabulating is completed. This includes overnight hours, especially during the overnight hours. By the way, this is part of how we were able to document corruption in Broward and Palm Beach County to eradicate the corrupt supervisors of elections and expose the flawed voting system, Sequoia, owned by Dominion, that was being used to try to steal elections in South Florida. And the seventh part, you draw attention to any officials. Remember, they work for us. Anybody in government, anybody in government works for us. You draw attention to any officials who rebut increased transparency in the voting process. And anybody who attempts to maintain the status quo. When I talk about Brenda Sipes and Susan Booker and Broward and Palm Beach County, it wasn't their first rodeo. Not only do you remember Florida 2000, and guess what? Sequoia voting says those paper ballots, pregnant, hanging, dimpled, all the other crap. Before you had an electronic flawed system by Sequoia, you had those paper ballots. That was Sequoia too. And you had, going all the way back to the first election won by Brenda Snipes and Susan Booker, you had the warning about these election systems in place. They were recommended to replace, but they didn't. Why? And that's where it was a shame on me where I take a look at what I could have controlled in South Florida sooner. That's why I'm putting this in front of you now. Ended up getting the job done. It was better late than never in 2018. The question is, do you want to make a difference going forward? If you do, know your voting system, demand a system with paper ballot trails, hold local officials accountable to the equipment that's being used, become a poll worker at a minimum. If you want to get engaged, become an observer, but know the laws going in. Have a plan to act if you're confronted with unlawful behavior. Be proactive, not reactive. Don't ever leave a post until all vote tabulating is completed without a like-minded replacement. Draw attention to any officials who rebut this increased transparency. If you do these things, and in mass, if people on the right do these things, you can make a difference. You really can. Again, if it can be done and the Democrat strongholds of Broward and Palm Beach County in South Florida. It can be done elsewhere. Brian Mudd in for the great one. Mud Lovin. Did you know your family can save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk from Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile? Think about it. What could your family do with an extra $800? You don't even have to sacrifice coverage. Pure Talk has exactly the same coverage, same bars as one of the big carriers, but they charge you half. You definitely don't have to sacrifice customer service. Their team is based right here in the U.S. and are some of the nicest people you'll ever talk to. So don't wait anymore. Get unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data for just 20 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you for it. No, not even a penny. So go to puretalkusa.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll also save 50% off your first month. Folks, this is the best. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. 
Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. But polls are open now until Thursday. Regular business hours. We need Georgians to get out and vote. Make sure their friends and family have a plan to vote. Make your voice heard. That's what the president's coming down to Georgia to do. The plan that I laid out to you, even with flawed systems in Georgia, is what you need to work on. You need as much transparency as possible. You need to be proactive in places like Fulton County in Atlanta. You need to make sure that any opportunity for misfeasance isn't available without it being exposed in the light of day. It's the best chance we've got at honest affair elections in the Two most important Senate runoff elections in the United States history. Brian Mudd in for the great one. Mark Levin, you may follow me at Brian Mudd Radio on Twitter and at Brian Mudd Radio on Parlor. And I continue to uh, to get notes. And, and again, I understand there are a lot of folks that are frustrated unless I just come on. And a lot of people would just like me to say for three hours. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, just uh, it's all going to work out. Twelfth Amendment next Wednesday and Donald Trump will be the next president of the United States. But again, I operate in reality, and here's the reality. Unless Democrats who control the House vote to reject Joe Biden in the Electoral College to go to a contested election, it's not going to happen, okay? So, for example, it's got this note. At Brian Mudd Radio, sick of hearing your excuses tonight. I don't care about 2022. You you damn well better. I care about 2020. Why is that so hard to understand? Give up all you want. That's fine. I don't, I, what, what are you, what are you trying to accomplish there? I'll give you another one here. Another note. Uh, we are in the middle of a battle to reelect Donald Trump and elect two senators in Georgia. Yes, especially on the latter. I don't understand why you're talking about future elections. Well, you should. I will not move on unless and until this battle to keep Trump in office is over. I'm not interested in talking about future elections. Okay, let me ask you something. What You're in the middle of a battle to reelect Donald Trump. What are you doing, precisely? Other than complaining to me about you being angry, what the hell are you actually doing? Anything? Other than bitching and moaning to me? And to whomever else wants to listen to you? You're not accomplishing the damn thing. Now, if you want to make a difference, if you want to protect this republic, You better get on the ball today, because guess what? If you don't have new election systems and transparency and processes where we need them quickly, you're not going to have them in time for the next election cycle. That's why you have to act today. And I'll explain a little bit about that process and get to the phones coming up next. Spry Mud, in for the great one, Mark Levin. You're listening to Denali, the great one. The great one. And you can call in now, 877-381-3811. If we gain these two seats and hold these two seats in the Republican hands, we can block what these Democrats are trying to do and protect what President Trump has accomplished over the last four years. Energy independence, the Iran nuclear deal. We helped six and a half million people pull themselves out of poverty because of this economic turnaround. These are things that the American people really want. 
That is Senator David Perdue. And again, a week from tonight, the two most important Senate runoff elections in the United States history. In Georgia, you must vote, but you also must bring as much transparency to what is a flawed process in many parts of the state as possible. Now, as part of last night's show and tonight, I've kind of put together a two-parter on election integrity. Last night, I laid out the extraordinary flaws within our election systems. Going back to November 25th, I ended up breaking down the history of Sequoia voting systems owned by Dominion, how we ended up with so many flawed systems across this country, which, again, if you happen to miss that show, recommend you going to the Mark Levin Show podcast from November 25th. Then you can take a listen from last night. The Reader's Digest version is not some right-wing think tank, but Harvard. Harvard University and their electoral integrity project found that the United States is dead last in election integrity in the developed world and 57th overall. I talk about there being two sides to stories and one side to facts and also the most pervasive form of bias with news media being omission. The other thing that I talk about is what we can do to make a difference. And I have gotten a, a steady dose tonight in particular. I've never been one to tell you what you want to hear, but to tell you something that is informational and actionable. And what I'm telling you is that if you want to make a difference, it starts in your own backyard. Because where you have the most influence is actually in your own community. And guess what? It's also where elections are run. And I understand that a lot of folks just want to you know, wait until next Wednesday and whatever, you know, and, and hope for some type of miracle with Democrats who control the House rejecting the results of the Electoral College to have a contested election that would potentially make Donald Trump president of the United States. I understand the desire for that. I'm not discounting that desire. But I'm also suggesting that there's nothing that you're really doing at this point that's going to exact that outcome. What I am telling you is that you can make a difference by becoming informed about election systems in your own community. And I've received a lot of notes. So like, why are you talking about future elections? Because, again, I'm not speaking as somebody who operates in theory. I'm not talking about something that can be done only if you have willing officials who want to go along with you. I speak to you as somebody who has been involved in election integrity, in the investigation, and in the ouster, of two corrupt election supervisors in Broward and Palm Beach County, which are Democrat strongholds. I'm talking about the eradication of the Sequoia voting system owned by Dominion that's at the root of so many of these problems around the country. In other words, I've been there. I've done that. The plan I gave you will work. And But why now? Because still, it's about this election. No, it's not entirely just about this election right now. What has to happen in order to change out election systems? Do you just wave a magic wand and it happens? If you're going to go from having a flawed election system in your community to getting change, what has to happen? First, it has to be identified. Then you have to have enough people that bring it to the light of day. Then you actually have to have election officials that replace it. Now, what does that take? Well, that takes budgeting. That takes money. Then they actually have to implement it. When we er eradicated the Sequoia voting system in Palm Beach County, it happened in March. 
March of 2019. That's when it had to happen so that it was in place for this election cycle. So in other words, at best, we've got a few months, maybe a half a year to get this done because you have to get working now. That's why I'm talking to you about what you can do to make a difference today. Now, you can reject it and you can say that I'm the bad guy because I'm not just coming on and telling you everything that you want to hear. But again, if you want to make a difference, I'm telling you what's worked and what's worked in a Democrat stronghold in South Florida. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Susan in Brooklyn. Susan, go. Hey, Brian, this is very, very constructive that you're, you know, explaining the near-term things uh, for the critical Georgia situation. And while it's all fresh in our mind, what we need to continue, this is going to be an ongoing battle. But I wanted to say, what are we doing now? Because 25,000 voters, early voters, that Stacey Abrams has, you know, uh, had these ballots. Only yeah. the voters that voted in the um, the primary election are allowed to vote. How are we going to decipher this? She has something like, what, I, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of ballots already? How do we know that they already voted? Only legal votes should count. Susan, you're, you're so on point here, and I appreciate the call. What she's talking about in part, and, and this is the, you, you almost can't make this stuff up, category. So here we are a week away from these runoff elections in Georgia. And you had a purge of voters that was set to take place because of things that didn't add up in these voter registrations. And this case was brought and guess who ended up overseeing this this case in the Georgia legal system. The case to purge the voter rolls in advance of next Tuesday's election. Stacey Abrams, her sister. I'm not kidding. Stacey Abrams, the Democrat whack job who ran for governor a couple of years ago, who was responsible for all of these absentee and vote by mail ballots of questionable origins in Georgia on election day. That's Stacey Abrams. Her sister, her sister was allowed to rule on this case. So, yeah, we got problems. And again, if you had an honest news media, this would be a big story. For the most pervasive form of bias in news media being omission, you always hear about how conservatives on certain courts are supposed to recuse themselves if they ever read the word about what they're ruling on. You actually had the sister of Stacey Abrams who ruled against the purging of what appears to be fallacious voter registrations in advance of next Tuesday's election. There's work to be done. And you, you, again, you got to control what you can't control. I'm sure there will be an appeal here. I don't know if there's time or what will happen. In the meantime, in Georgia, you got to vote. You got to have transparency in the process at the tabulating centers. We've got to make sure we do what we can. Uh, let's go to Jake in Philly. Jake, go. Hey, thanks, Brian. It's uh. It's actually good to hear your voice. I, I'm a former Brian Mudd fan. I used to live in South Florida, and I, I listen to you all the time. And so it's good hearing you fill in. But honestly, I can't believe you're filling in for Mark Levin right now. I mean, I feel like I'm watching Don Lamont fill in for Tucker Carlson. It makes no sense. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I care to say, elaborate. I say, you're putting on this cloak of 
of saying, I'll tell you the hard truth. I'll be the one to live in reality. You guys are off theory. As if then everyone will get angry at you, and I bet everyone's angry at you. I'm not saying— but you're just being Hold honest. On. Hold on. You're, you're from South Florida, right? Were you here in 2018? No, I moved in 2017. Okay. Are you aware— I lived there in 2016 and 17. Okay. Are you aware—were uh, you worried about Brenda Snipes and Susan Booker when you were in South Florida? Yeah, and if I heard you on the right. radio saying, oh, well, I live in reality, that's not real, I'd be angry back then, too. Right. Guess what? We got rid of them, didn't we? And we got rid of the Dominion voting system, the Sequoia system owned by Dominion. We did that. Good on you. But let me go further. It's across the country. So Correct. Still- that's what I'm telling you. This is what you can do. We can sit there and go, yeah, you know, come next Wednesday, Democrats in the House and you know, are going to going to reject Joe Biden as you know, president of the United States. I mean, we can hang on to that. You, you can do that and be constructive, too. I'm not suggesting otherwise. My point is, do you want to do something to make a difference? Because we actually have control in our communities. This is in theory. I'm giving you the plan that we executed to get rid of them in South Florida. And you can take it or leave it. Well, I'll tell you. So I'm in Pennsylvania. I volunteered to be a poll watcher. I hear Thank you, you saying, Thank oh, you. well, you can't complain. You should volunteer to be a poll watcher. I in think that's great. The, you're saying you should come up with a plan, have the legislators enact it. Well, we have that in Pennsylvania, and some rogue judge gets to go change it. I agree. You, your leadership failed you. The GOP leadership in your state failed you. No, no doubt about it. And I appreciate people like you doing what you can. Again, I, you know, I, I try to use the because the, the stakes are in our modern day sense as real as the American Revolution. We know what's at stake. We know if the left gets everything, socialism is here. I mean, we're, we're that close. And it starts with these two elections in Georgia next Tuesday. It's the reason I'm as feisty as I am. It's the reason I'm as serious as I am. This is real. But if you take a look at the American Revolution, how many setbacks were there? How many losses were there? How many times was it almost over? And it stinks. There are times you get screwed. What you're talking about is you did what you could and it still didn't work. I hear you. I thank you for doing what you could. I, your leadership failed you. We need better leadership there. You know, I, I, there's not an answer. There's not a clean answer for everything, but we can control what we can control. And if enough of us, if, if there are, you know, a thousand other Jakes in your community, you know, people would show up at a Trump rally, we can make a difference. We can make a difference. That's all I'm saying. But I appreciate you being there. Uh, let's go to Jason in Hilton Head. Jason, go. Hey, Brian, it's Nathan. Um, I had the Nathan, pleasure right. of meeting you uh, in the lobby of WTKS back in 2003. Um, uh, I remember well in uh, WTKS, Savannah, uh, my first news talk station. And uh, Nathan, always a pleasure yes, to sir. talk with you. I'm the guy that dubbed you the nickname Boy Genius. Because you looked so young when I met you. I was young when you met me. <laughs> um, we're, we're, we're way past, we're way past, uh, we're way past anything left to do. And, and I hate to say this on Mark Levin's program, but it's it's going to be time to take up arms. I'm not saying this year, mm, this minute, that, but. That's not the, the answer. A revolution, actual revolution at this point is not the answer. Uh, and I, again, understand the frustration, but that's not the answer. Again, if we can simply have honest and fair elections in our communities, 
that's the place to start. You know, it's my closing message on last night's show. One thing that the left wants to say, you know, I, I've had some of the haters, some of the leftists tonight that have said, there's no voter fraud. And I mean, you get that stuff, right? Well, no, there is. It's provable. It's happened every cycle. Uh, it's there are criminal convictions for it. It is a thing. It doesn't matter if your media lies to you about it. It doesn't matter if the politicians that you like and the left lie to you about it. Um, we can accept outcomes if they're honest and fair. And we must. We must. The reason that we're all angry, the reason we're all upset is because we have pretty good sense. There's misfeasance. And it might have impacted who the next president of the United States will be. All right. So the question is, what do we do again? Can be upset, can be mad at me. We, we're not going to take up literal arms at this point. A revolution is not not the answer. But we can make sure that we have honest actors using the appropriate equipment right at home. It's a good place to start. Let's go to Shayla in Abilene, Texas. Um, hello. How are y'all tonight? Doing all right. I hope that uh, you're doing all right, too, in the grand scheme of things. Oh, yes. I just wanted to say some of my friends here in Texas were planning on going to the rally next Wednesday, the Trump rally. And it started being reported on our local news and even in the Houston area that most of the things up there is closed. Uh, If you fly in, you're going to have to be quarantined or have a proof that you've taken the COVID test within 72 hours. Um, Just a bunch of junk like that. And so we started calling the hotel that we were going to stay in, and I called them today, and they said, no, ma'am. We were going to actually stay in Fredericksburg, Virginia, which is about 50 miles from, from where the Trout Rally will be. And they said, there's not... Anything closed around here, we just require that you wear a mask. The stores are open. Restaurants are open. And so we checked with the Dulles Airport, and they um, said that you need to wear a mask, but there wasn't that many restrictions. But when you go online, even the fake news is reporting it is. So we have had to change our airport because we found out even later today that it was changed as of yesterday that – you will have to have some um, stricter restrictions than what we were looking for. So we're going to have to end up driving about a four-hour drive instead of an hour drive. Wow. Just to be able to stay at a place that we won't have to have the the COVID testing or that we won't have to prove that we've been tested or be quarantined. Jeez, just, in, just incredible. I, I appreciate your vigilance and, uh, you know, best wishes to you in that entire process. Pretty unreal. Be right back. Brian Mudd in for the great one. Mudd Lovin. Did you know your family can save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk from Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile? Think about it. What could your family do with an extra $800? You don't even have to sacrifice coverage. Pure Talk has exactly the same coverage, same bars as one of the big carriers, but they charge you half. You definitely don't have to sacrifice customer service. Their team is based right here in the U.S. and are some of the nicest people you'll ever talk to. So don't wait anymore. Get unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data for just 20 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you for it. No, not even a penny. So go to puretalkusa.com, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. That's L-E-V-I-N. 
podcast. And when you do, you'll also save 50% off your first month. Folks, this is the best. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Connell must allow the Senate to vote on both pieces of legislation, the defense bill and the $2,000 checks, before we go home. We will start the process on overriding the President's veto of the defense bill tomorrow. Today, at the end of my remarks, I will ask the Senate's consent to take up the House-passed bill to provide the American people immediate survival checks of $2,000 a person. Oh, yeah. Immediate survival checks. You know, I touched on this yesterday, the whole pandemic and everything that the government created. You have ultimately government shutdowns that end up creating a crisis that then the government sweeps in to rescue you from. It is so unfortunate. One of the things that's happened during the course of this year, the incredible expansion of dependency. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. You may follow me at Brian Mudd Radio on Twitter. And on Parlor as well. And, uh, you know, just how we embrace the false premise. We embrace the false premise. And that being our freedoms and our rights go away the moment that there's an executive action sign saying that there is an emergency because of the pandemic. You know, we don't have our constitutional rights suspended the moment that emergency declarations get signed. And we see what's happened once we embrace the false premise. Okay? So let me bring this back around to elections. If you have voting systems that are flawed, the very election itself that's taking place, is that not built on a false premise? Is that not set up for failure? And that's why, at the most fundamental level, it's critical that we have election integrity, that we do what we can to ensure we have honest and fair elections in our own community, because that's where they're actually run. Continue the conversation. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. The fastest way to get money into Americans' pockets is to send some of their tax dollars right back from where they came. Ah, if the premise of anything is false, anything built on it is, too. Two sides to stories and one side to facts. Brian Mudd, and for the great one, Mark Levin, I host the Morning Rush, WJNO in West Palm Beach, the Brian Mudd Show, WIOD in Miami. Always an honor and a pleasure to be here with you. Even when I might not necessarily say exactly what you want to hear. Trying to make a difference. 
One thing I've always done is follow the courage of my convictions. And the reason that, honestly, I've done this over the course of my career is because I believe in it. And I believe that if there's an opportunity to evoke positive change to make a difference, you do it. That's what I'm attempting to do as part of the two-part election integrity show that I put together last night and tonight. If you happen to miss last night's show, check out the Mark Levin Show podcast from last night. While you're at it, if you missed the Mark Levin Show on November 25th when I broke down all of the flaws and failures with everything related to the Sequoia voting system owned by Dominion and the history of all of this, go ahead and get that too. You can inform yourself, then you can inform others. Then you can take a look at everything in context that we have in front of us right now. Now is not the time to give up. Now is not the time to think that the singular focus should be on what happens a week from tomorrow in Congress. It's the final decision about who the next president of the United States will be. we got to be able to work parallel paths. And the irony is, something I talked about last night, You know, we always have this disproportionate focus politically on the races and the offices that often have the biggest impact on our daily life. It's natural to put the most focus and attention on a presidential race and then kind of work your way backwards, right? But you think about it. And during the course of the lockdowns this year, was it Donald Trump who locked you down, who shut down your business, took away your job, cut, cut into your income? Or was it your state and or local government, right? That is a real tangible impact on your daily life, isn't it? And to that end, those same local officials are the ones who run your elections. Now, if you don't have an honest election system in place, well, what, what else necessarily matters at that point? You got to get that right. Again, if the premise of anything is false, anything built on it is too, we've got to make sure we get our elections right in our own communities. And the bonus here in a bad situation is that's where you have the most potential impact. By informing yourself about the voting systems, about demanding a system which at a minimum has a paper ballot trail for discrepancies and recounts, to hold local officials accountable to the equipment which is being used to run those elections if it is corruptible, to become a poll worker, an observer, if nothing else, but how great would it be to actually be on the inside working to ensure honest tabulations? To know the laws governing poll watching before you arrive. To have a plan proactively to immediately act if you're confronted with unlawful behavior. Being proactive rather than reactive, especially if you're going into a locale where you know has a history of problems. Never leaving a post when votes are being tabulated until it's all done. Drawing attention to any officials who rebut increased transparency in the voting process and attempting to maintain the status quo. These are things that I've laid out for you. Now, had a really uh, great note from a listener and asking about the systems. So uh, this listener had already gone and pulled the research to figure out what their voting system is. And they were wanting to know if their voting system is one that's a problem. That's awesome. 
That is the first step. So what I've actually done, starting with the ones that, and it's possible, more systems are a problem, but just the ones that we know have been corruptible, that were programmed by Sequoia, now owned by Dominion, those systems, which are BPS, Win, EDS, Edge, Edge 2, Advantage, Insight, Insight Plus, 400C, those are the names of the software programs. They don't go by the name Sequoia straight up. And a lot of people just call it Dominion because they bought these Sequoia systems back in 2010. Anyway, I tweeted those. So if you go to at Brian Radio on Twitter or Parler, you can see the ones that we know are a problem at a minimum. And we work with what we know. So as more information becomes available, as more voting systems are found, if they are found to be a problem, we add those and we work on it. But these are the things that you can do to try to make a difference today. Now, that whole Schumer comment, talk about a false premise. You notice something there as we're talking about, he said that the fastest way to help Americans is to give them back their tax money. Well, though I do appreciate him acknowledging for once that it's actually our money. However, that's demonstrably false. Isn't the fastest way to provide relief to Americans not to collect the tax in the first place? False premise. And here's the irony of Schumer and the left. Who's opposed to lower taxes? Who's opposed to you hanging on to more of your money? He is. And then he lies to you about the best way to help you. Well, the best way, Chuck Schumer, if you wanted to help Americans, would be tax cuts. Because if people aren't paying taxes, then you don't have to worry about giving them back their money that you confiscated from them. Just, you know, details. I know, details. Honesty, transparency, consistency, these types of things as well. Anyway, look. Throughout the course of tonight, I've been passionate because I care. You're passionate, which I appreciate. And I know there's a frustration because in many cases, I'm not saying exactly what some people want to hear. And that's okay. The important thing is this, that you keep fighting. And that doesn't mean that, you know, you you just hang on to hope that somehow or another, you know, things work out a week from tomorrow. Because again, Even if Joe Biden is the next president of the United States, we hold on to these Senate seats in Georgia next Tuesday. We made a lot of progress. Again, the the deep state didn't happen overnight. took time. Donald Trump did incredible work. Still doing it. He will be until that very last moment in office, whenever that is. The important thing is to realize that you always continue to move forward. That you control what you can, and that you fight to make a difference. And again, that's what I'm telling you to do in your own community. If you want to do something constructive, that's it. That's it. You know, I marvel so many times, and I've talked about the American Revolution because this is our generation's version of it right now, what we're living through. All the people that put so much on the line that were comfortable. You know, the the leaders of the revolution, by and large, were those who were the most well-to-do and were in the easiest position to go along to get along with the king. 
they didn't because they believed in something that was bigger than themselves. So they put everything on the line, including their lives, and they fought for it. And it wasn't just a straight line of victories. There are a lot of setbacks. There are a lot of times that it would have been the end of the American story if they had just quit. So it's not up to us to quit. And what I'm saying is you can focus, if you want to, on what will be a week from Wednesday and hope that somehow it works out for Trump to become president. But you can actually do something to try to keep moving the needle going forward. And that's fighting for honest and fair elections. If we don't have good election integrity, we've got problems in this country, period, independent of the politicians that are elected. That is the premise. That's where all this starts. And I mentioned yesterday, Alaska, for example, it was one of the interesting observations that is a reminder that this fight doesn't just happen in states that were contested. There are problems everywhere. Sometimes you just don't realize it until they manifest themselves. And for example, a lot of people were asking a few days after the election, why is Alaska only at like 50, 60 percent reporting? Remember that? We're a few days after the election and Alaska, you know, barely counted half their vote. Well, what's going on here? What's wrong? Well, the answer is, I mean, in the, the sense of what's wrong by Alaska election standards, nothing, because that's commonplace there. It's pretty poor system that they're operating on that takes that long to tabulate results. It's just that you noticed. And that's my point. I talked about the differences that were made. And here's what I want you to know. Other than the fact that two corrupt election supervisors in Palm Beach and Broward County were ousted because of the work, the effort, and what I'm calling on you to do. (laughs) You take a look at how long it was building up. You had 2,000, but you still had even election supervisors that weren't involved in 4 to 2,000 that ended up coming and going, and the problems persisted. They just didn't manifest themselves in such a big way until 2018 again. What was the common denominator? Flawed election systems. Sequoia software. Before that, Sequoia paper ballots. So as long as you had a flawed system in place, You could have more election supervisors that would protect the flawed system that would allow for all the problems to continue to manifest themselves. And so why is it that Florida went from 2018 to a state where you, wherever you are, USA, knew the names of these two election supervisors because of the problems in vote tabulating in Broward and Palm Beach County with the governor of Florida, that race on the line, and the Senate race in Florida, that went on the line. Why is it that we went from those problems in a midterm election cycle in 2018 to Florida operating as smooth as an, of an election as the state has ever run? And really, when you would account for a population, the smoothest election that's ever been run in this country, this election cycle with record turnout. It's because we got rid of the flawed voting systems. It's because we got rid of the corrupt actors. When did it happen? When did we make that change? It was this week, two years ago, that you had Brenda Snipes ousted. It was three weeks from now that you had Susan Booker 
and Palm Beach County ousted. This timetable is important if you care about future elections. That's why it's important, this being the last time I'm going to be speaking with you, at least on the schedule for, for now, it's the last time this year, you get working on it. Because change has to happen quickly if you're going to make a difference before the next cycle. And the worst thing that could happen in a good way is if Republicans are able to hang on to these seats in Georgia next Tuesday, and then people just turn a blind, blind eye and we have these corrupt systems in place. What happens if the left steals the midterms two years from now? That's what I'm talking about here. Again, we, we can choose to do something to make a difference, to be informed, or not. And I can be the bad guy if I am going to spend time talking about this, and I'm fine being that person. Because all it takes, handful of people here and there that are willing to do the hard work to make a difference, that will make a difference. Brian Mudd in for the great one. Mud Lovin'. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. I trust the scientists, and it is the scientists who created and approved this vaccine. So I urge everyone, when it is your turn, get vaccinated. It's about saving your life, the life of your family members, and the life of your community. All right. Yes, so uh, Kamala Harris has been vaccinated, and uh, she she trusts the scientists as well. And, uh, well, you know, it's interesting uh, to hear her talk about the trusting of the scientists, and you just wonder when. You know, like, for example, she trusts the scientists when you had Fauci and company early this year that were backing the WHO and when they said that, yeah, you know, that this thing isn't communicable. You know, the WHO actually tweeted out back in mid-January that on the ground in China, there's no evidence of COVID-19 being communicable, communicable uh, between people. I mean, in, she believed the scientists then, she believed Fauci then. What about with the mask when they don't work and, and then they decided they were? I mean, I'm just curious about what time you do trust the scientists. But anyway. So as we're talking about election integrity, I continue to get a bunch of questions. And for example, this one just came in. A lot of people have wanted to tell me they're wrong tonight, that I'm wrong. And uh, 
this gentleman said, you are wrong. It was a strong governor who finally got Booker fired. He's referring to Susan Booker, the former Broward supervisor of elections. Um, how do you think that happened? By the way, you're right. It was a strong governor who got Booker fired. It was actually a separate governor who ended up getting, or Booker was in uh, Palm Beach County. You had Brenda Snipes and, and Broward. You had one governor that fired one. You had the other that fired the other. That's correct. How do you think the investigation took place? Just details. And again, I'll save that for another time. It's laughable to operate on the series of assumptions that you're operating on. That's all part of the point about bringing integrity and you starting in the community. The governors weren't inside of those supervisors of elections offices detailing the misfeasance that was happening, working on disseminating that information to me, corroborating then with attorneys, including the state's attorney general, and working on getting an injunction to stop the illegal vote counts, and then ultimately to present all the evidence to eradicate corrupt supervisors of elections. Details. Details. Again, you can make a difference. Stop making excuses and do something if you care. Like bringing integrity to the elections in your own backyard. It's a good place to start. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, the most popular conservative author in America. Call in to the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. It's so important to get tested. If you, whatever you're doing, whether you traveled or you didn't get traveled, get tested. This is going to be a theme even as we're talking about the vaccine finally being in here. Testing matters immensely. we got to stay focused on it. And we had a really impressive uh, achievement on the 21st of December. Over 100,000 New Yorkers got tested on December 21st. I don't know about you, but I have often found myself with a little free time on my hands and say, you know what I want to go to? I want to go get one of those COVID tests because that looks like a good time. So, you know, de Blasio, you travel, you didn't travel, just go get tested, get tested. It's one of the, the the ironies of this entire situation throughout the course of the year. This pandemic is a big deal, no doubt. But let's put some context to it. For as prolific as this virus has been, and for everything that we have endured this year, you realize that only approximately 5% of Americans have been diagnosed with COVID-19? 
You know that in the typical year, 8% of Americans contract the flu? We have actually managed to have fewer people on a percentage basis contract COVID-19 than the flu. But yeah, you have some free time on your hands, you just shoot. Who doesn't go get a COVID test? What I'm talking about. All right, we're talking about election integrity, and let's go to Alec in Huntington Beach, California. Alec, go. Yeah, hey, uh, you're doing a great job filling in for the great one. Appreciate it. uh, Mr. Mudd. I do have a little bit of a thing about you saying the Democrat-held Congress. I understand that the House of Representatives has a uh, slight majority at the moment, but even though California has 55 electoral votes, those become only one vote out of 50 states if it goes to that. You are right, but there's a big but that has to happen first. And uh, briefly touched on this last night, I'll uh, do a reader's digest on this again. So uh, what Alec is referring to is the 12th Amendment, along with the 1887 Electoral Count Act. So what happens next Wednesday when you have the vice president that begins reading the results in each state, you have the opportunity for a contestation to take place. Now, in order to have any kind of contesting, all that's actually required is that you have at least somebody in the House of Representatives and at least somebody in the United States Senate who contests a given state's result. And if you get that, you actually go to a two-hour period where that particular state's results are discussed among the chambers of Congress. So the House of Representatives would discuss this for two hours amongst themselves. The United States Senate would discuss this for two hours amongst themselves. And at the end of that, the full bodies of each come back and then they vote. So what I'm saying with the Democrats that control the House, you are correct that if we did have a contested presidential election, then it goes to the states and each state has one representative. And under that scenario, that's where a lot of people go. And and then, you know, Trump would be able to win. The problem with that is you don't get to that step unless both chambers of Congress, it can't just be one or the other, unless the full body of both chambers of Congress reject the results. Therein lies, among many other challenges in this process, the, the challenge to get this done. Democrats control the House of Representatives. You quite literally have to have a Democrat-controlled House that would vote to contest the election results in order for those other contingencies to play out along the lines of what you described. All right, let's go to James in Ocala. James, go. Yes, sir. Uh, Pleased to meet you, Mr. Mudd. Uh, uh, I I listened to you last night. I did my research today. Good man. I've made plenty of calls to my representatives, but we have in Florida, there's two uh, tabulation machines. One is the ES&S and the other is Dominion. Okay. Now, I understand Dominion itself wasn't wasn't the uh, the one that that had the problems, but and 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 there's some an, another one. I think that Dominion is actually has a. It's called by Image Cast Evolution or something like that, which wasn't on your list. The other thing I want to say real quick is that please don't throw water on our trip to Washington because there's plenty of us going. I'm not and trying the, to do that. One reason is support Trump. And the other other reason uh, uh, is to uh, remind the spineless representative, Republican representatives, who they serve. 
they serve the voters. And I think when Amen. I look out and see one, two, three, four million people, that that scares them because those are votes, and and to them that's money. And the my, third is to my, remind the highest court in the land. Yeah, no, James, amen, brother. Amen. And thank you for doing your research, too. I'm not trying to throw cold water on that at all. You haven't heard me, uh, you know, reference that in the least. What I've been saying is, you know, to simply expect that there's going to be a different outcome, you know, th- what has to happen in the Democrats control of the House would have to vote to contest the election. I'm not trying to throw cold water on anything. Making your voice heard is extremely important. What I'm saying is we got to do it starting in our own communities and making sure these election systems are good. In your case, looks like you've done your homework. Amen to your trip to D.C. And I hope that it's a, a really positive experience. I'm not trying to. I mean, when people get engaged, that's what we need. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, so, you know, my apologies if there was some type of misinterpretation going on there, but that's not my intention. I'm just focusing on controlling what we can control. Now, you talk about Dominion. I did a show. The, the reason I've referenced the show on November 25th, if you did not hear the Mark Levin show on November 25th, I encourage you to go back to the podcast. To be able to move things forward the past couple of days, I've not been able to do all of the work and offer up all of the explanations that I did in that particular show, breaking it all down. One of the challenges with this conversation when we're talking about voting systems is that Dominion is many different voting systems. Dominion owns their own systems under different brand names, as you referenced. They own systems that are legacy systems from the company Diebold, and they also own legacy systems from Sequoia. Now, truth be told, there is the potential for issues with anything that's electronic if you want to get to it at a certain level. But we factually know that everything that was programmed by Sequoia, which are the voting systems that I mentioned, that I tweeted out and everything else, we know those have problems. It's been identified by the federal government of the United States. Okay, And those are the systems that we eradicated in South Florida. You're right that Dominion still operates in the state, but not the systems that were shown to be corruptible that were flawed and that had been used for impropriety in South Florida previously. And that's why it's an important distinction. But again, if you want to know the difference between Dominion systems, Diebold systems, Sequoia, all of which are owned by Dominion these days, go back to that November 25th show. Let's go to Whitney in Brunswick, Georgia. Whitney, you go. Hey, I am a avid follower of Mark Levin. Like I had mentioned earlier, I, I spoke with him not too long after my father passed away in 2014, and I haven't had a chance to catch up with him personally, but I wanted to say that I voted for President Donald Trump, or I voted for him to be president in 2016, and I was sure to vote for him again this year, and with my sister as well. And we are residents of Georgia, and we're going to vote for the Senate runoff next week. Amen. And vote Republican. And I just wanted to know if there's anything else that we can do as citizens of America to stand up and, like you said, for election integrity, to, to let the, the, I don't know if it's the far left, the Democrats, let them know that I may not be a politician, I may not know that much about politics, but this, I don't, I'm a U.S. citizen, and I don't like when people do this to, to, like, intimidate us and think that they have power. It's like a power grab. And I want to know what I can do to, like, make a difference if there's anything i can do 
Yeah, so I mean, the, you're doing the most important thing right now uh, because you know, literally, your votes and and those around you in Georgia. I mean, that is the single most important thing that can take place this particular moment in time. Uh, the, so the first place to start is if you know anybody who is inclined to vote for Leffler for Purdue and they have not voted yet, you do what you can to get them out to vote. Uh, your your task is that much more important in the immediate term. Then you take a look at the election systems that we're talking about. Now, you're in Brunswick. Uh, I don't know specifically of any issues in Brunswick, uh, but you can definitely check on the election systems like I've been talking about. See if you do have honest election systems, something that's reliable, or if you have something that tracks back to these systems that have proven to be potentially corruptible. Uh, That's the next place to start. And then your state. So you got some issues there in numerous respects. I mean, I don't want to, you know, jump ahead and everything else, but obviously your governor's been anything but reliable. Your secretary of state's been anything but reliable. So there's some leadership uh, that is you know, highly questionable within the Republican ranks within your state. And I would start looking there and I would start looking for somebody uh, who is uh, going to primary your current governor, lest Stacey Abrams become the governor of Georgia the next election cycle. So uh, just among the short list of things you can do. But thank you for uh, for caring. Thank you for getting engaged. Thank you for your votes. And, of course, we'll all be watching a week from tonight. Let's go to Fred in Houston, Texas. Fred, go. Hello, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Uh, I've been volunteering at the polls for about 10 years. And what I can tell you is, at least here in Texas and Houston, the system we have does not touch the Internet at all, and there's no way to mess with it. So I don't understand why any state, certainly in four years from now, need to be using software election equipment that does. Agreed. That's pretty much the main point I have to make. The judge goes and picks up the hardware, the place it distributed. Everything is sealed. Then the judge's name is attached to that equipment, so everybody knows who he is or she is. You bring the equipment over to where the election is being held. Connect it all up yourself. I've done this many times. You hardwire it. The votes are stored within a piece of equipment. That is where the judges are and the clerks are sitting. And after you wire it up, you run the election, you take everything back down, and you put it back in your car, and you drive it to a collection point. In this case here was NRG Stadium, and that is where the votes, that's where the votes are counted. It never touches the Internet. So why can't we? We've got four years. It seems to me there's plenty of time for the other states to, uh, to, to uh, lose the Dominion systems or whatever else they're using and find something that doesn't touch the Internet. Simple as that. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And your involvement, I appreciate you being engaged and appreciate the call. That's what it ultimately takes, you know, people caring, right? If suddenly you have what amounts to a Trump rally descending upon an election supervisor's office in a local area, I mean, that's going to get attention. Now, there needs to be reason. Again, if you have, you need to see if you have a problem with your election systems. That's the thing is, there's no ubiquitous way to have this conversation because states set the terms and the laws for elections, and then you have local officials all across the country that end up actually conducting them, and often with different equipment all around the state. So that's why I can just lay out the known problems, and we kind of work from there. It's like peeling back the layer of the onions. I have little doubt that if we eradicated all the provable corrupt systems that have been out there, that we would find maybe there are some others that are issues too. And what you said makes an awful lot of sense. 
but you got to you know start somewhere, right? And and so to your point, that's what I'm talking about right now, and why it matters. If you're going to get a new election system in place, you have to have that budgeted for. It costs money, so you have to have that budgeted for by local government. Then you have to have it implemented, and that needs to happen like now if you want to get it done by the next election cycle. That's why I've been uh, taking this approach. Let's go to Chris in Popton, New Jersey. Chris, go. Good evening. How are you, sir? Doing well. Appreciate it. Two things. Uh, one, how do we, the people, overthrow the bad politicians in our government to where investigate them all, the bad ones, you know, you throw out, and the good ones you put aside, you know, you keep there. Also, my daughter, who's eight years old, her name's Liberty. She wants to say something. Hi, my name is Liberty, and... Fight for Donald Trump. Liberty, God bless you. I love your name, too. And uh, it sounds like you got a, a good, engaged dad right there. Like, I, I'm going to tell you, the uh, you know, for me, um, and, you know, this this is something that I could do another two shows on. We talk about William Barr and John Durham and what hasn't happened in terms of the Completion of the investigations and holding the actors that were responsible for Trump-Russia collusion accountable, that to me is something I'm really struggling with. It's my hope that John Durham gets the job done somehow or another. Uh, Because I do still believe, I mean, I, I am not naive at all, but I do still believe that ultimately good beats evil and that we are a system of laws and, and order in a country which will do the right thing when it's shown that there's wrongdoing that's happened on a grand scale. That being said, it hasn't happened yet. So I hear you, and I'll pick up that point coming up next. I'm Brian Mudd, in for the great one. Mud Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. I barely felt it. I barely felt it. There you go. Kayla Harris getting her uh, COVID. She, she barely felt it, and everybody was very jovial and just thought it was great. Uh, so 
Here's the deal. Uh, the last caller, Brian Mudd, in for the great one, Mark Levin. You may follow me at Brian Mudd Radio on Twitter and on Parlor. Last caller was talking about accountability for corrupt individuals. And whether you're talking about politicians or perhaps most notably the deep state actors being investigated by John Durham. That's one of my biggest concerns, which, by the way, one thing that can be kept alive no matter what, if Republicans retain the Senate, those investigations can keep going. And we got to put in perspective what's in front of us today. You control what you can control. Okay? And for most of us, that does mean understanding that the corrupt actors at the highest levels of our intelligence agencies, the Justice Department, State Department, they didn't become corrupt under just one administration. It was always unlikely the issues would be all resolved under one term of one administration either. The failed election systems and the officials that have run them in the states in question, it didn't just suddenly all happen right now. It's just that we became aware of things, right? It's not until you actually had the light of day that is shown on some of this stuff. And then you got to fight for meaningful change. Now, I've talked about the change that we were able to make in Broward and Palm Beach County, removing the corrupt election supervisors and the failed Sequoia software that was operating down here. But it was a long game, right? The problems first manifested themselves back in 2000, when until 2018 that we got the job done. But take a look at where Florida is today. More elected Republicans this January in the state of Florida than at any other time in our state's history. So my point is this. You control what you can control. You inform yourself. You make a difference. And in the end, you fight the good fight and we'll come out on top. Have a great new year. Be back with you sometime in the next one. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.